toxic masculinity and the death of the divine masculine? Why do I believe that he is dying? Not only dying, but being systematically murdered. Simply put, the divine masculine is a universal spiritual concept that represents energies that exist within each of us, regardless of gender. And there's only two, by the way, in case you were confused. This knowledge is not new, nor is it new age, as it has existed since the beginning of man himself. It's just that humans are now starting to realize that there is something much more to us than our physical existence. And we are searching the world for the answers when actually the answers are within us and have been there all along. We just need to go deep inside, as they say, and seek our truth. Today we will explore the narrative of toxic masculinity. Is it really a thing or just another political structure developed to create more of a division amongst the sexes in a time where many people are already so divided for numerous reasons, none which may not stand the test of time, I'm sure. How might this current narrative be the death of the Divine Masculine? as well as how it may affect us all on a universal level going forward. In today's culture, I believe, we humans are in a monumental crisis like we've never experienced before. We are in fact facing barbaric attacks from all directions, but none more so than that of the male persuasion. This has been a main focus for the past few decades, possibly more since the Me Too movement, what many believe is the fourth wave of feminism, focused more on intersectionality, the idea that sexism is just one part of a systematic oppression, along with ableism, ageism, classism, homophobia, and yes... It has, in fact, been used as a weapon focused upon the men of our world. Currently in society, it seems to be culturally allowed, and some might even say encouraged, to hate men, and therefore to blame all ills perpetrated by men on masculinity, and to attribute the capacity to perpetuate similar ills to all men, or intersectionally speaking, organized psychology blames straight, white, able-bodied men for everything that is wrong with the world. Yes, I said it. I live with truth, remember? I recently came upon an article regarding the divine masculine in society today by a writer named Vimara Seven. And I'd like to share it with you as I feel it speaks volumes of truth to the topic at hand. 
Femura 7 claims that in recent times the world seems to have developed into chaos and fear. We live in an increasingly neurotic society that has lost its courage and resolve. And now fetishize safety as our most sacred value. Honesty and forthrightness are vilified, while duplicitous, fear-based pandering has become accepted as normal and virtuous. Masculinity is a farce as it is portrayed in the media. The very word brings to mind images of bloated, beer-bellied, bigoted, hairy men who chain-smoke, binge-watch sports, and beat their wives. Either that, or it is parodied as a bunch of white men in business suits smoking cigars in a seedy boardroom while making plans to oppress the world. Maybe. She also says masculinity isn't male or female. Viewed in its proper light, it represents virtues that are universally applicable and independent of sexual identity. In recent diminishment through a distorted sense of egalitarianism has led to an equivocal, soporific, valueless society plagued by a sense of powerlessness paralyzed by cowardice. The stoic ideals embodied by Greco-Roman culture portrayed an idea of masculinity that was dignified, noble, wise, forthright, and fearless. If the idea of a white man's version of masculinity offends one's delicate sensibilities, one can look to Imperial Japan and the samurai culture, which upheld many of the same values. Ancient Vedic scriptures also taught wisdom, forbearance, honor, and personal responsibility as some of the highest ideals man could embody. A critical distinction must be made here. While masculine characteristics have historically associated with males, they do not belong to any sex. Masculinity and femininity are better thought of as energies that are available to everyone, but have largely been expressed by only one sex. However, we have now evolved past hunter-gatherer, agrarian, and feudal societies and a strict demarcation of masculine and feminine along gender lines is no longer necessary. Violence, oppression, intimidation, and devaluation of the feminine are the darker, toxic aspects of masculinity that have no place in a mature and healthy society. However, without active attempts to teach positive masculine virtues, the negative aspects will predominate. Men who don't end up as overly toxic instead become weak and effeminate. Not that those are synonymous. And often pair with masculinized female counterparts who begin to resent their passivity and indecisiveness and neuroticism. 
in the process of trying to stamp out masculinity in all its toxic aspects. We have discouraged expressions of divine masculinity. We need to once again allow boys to turn into men while allowing females and everyone else the freedom to express an authentic version of themselves, whether it's masculine, feminine, or somewhere in between. End passage. So let me explain that no matter your gender, again, only two, we all encompass masculine and feminine energies, and finding the balance between these two energies within our soul's experience could bring a more harmonious existence into our lives. We focus our attentions on the male divine masculine and the agenda that is currently trying to extinguish him. As stated in that article, the concept of the divine masculine is found in various cultures and spiritual traditions. In different cultures, the names and cultural contexts all share common themes and characteristics. In Hinduism, it's associated with Shiva, the god of destruction and transformation. In Taoism, by the Yang energy. In the Kabbalah, the Jewish mysticism, the divine masculine is symbolized by, I can't say the word very well, but it's Sephirot, known as chaste. By embracing our divine masculine energy, we harness our inner strength. We take actions to create structure in our lives. This can help us to become more focused, disciplined, and responsible, foster growth, and peace within our personal realm. We can become our authentic self, enable us to lead a more fulfilling life. I truly believe that we should strive to acquire a more equal balance of our masculine and feminine energies, as they say. Too much of one thing is never good. Balance is always the key. Although a man's race and ethnicity may play a role in how he views masculinity, as well as how others perceive him, the term toxic masculinity According to a writer, Sarah Valley, who wrote about this subject, believes that toxic masculinity is an attitude or a set of social guidelines stereotypically associated with manliness that often have a negative impact on men, women, and society in general. She states that the term toxic masculinity isn't meant to imply that The idea of masculinity in itself is inherently bad. Instead, it's meant to point out that certain behaviors and ways of thinking often associated with masculinity, from mental and physical toughness to sexism and homophobia, have a negative and often dangerous impact on the world. So let's break it down, shall we? as to what she and today's society refers to as toxic masculinity. Some perceived actions of this toxic masculinity examples may include, but in no way are they limited to, violence, 
This is a big one for me as I feel that man has been the cause of a lot of the world misery forever through their wars and international domestic aggressions. I believe that this has been the result of man for the most part. He has severed his connection to source and will forever be at war with himself and the world until he realizes that he is in fact the problem and that he has chosen to live through greed and ego while pursuing dominance rather than seeking his spiritual salvation. Many believe that men who resort to violence use aggressive and destructive behaviors to assert their dominance and masculinity to get what they want as well as perceived respect. I don't completely agree with this proposal though as I feel that violence is related more to a mental breakdown or a learned behavior where the man has had aggressive actions thrust upon him at some point in his life and he's learned that the way to get what we want is by force through physical, mental and emotional pain. When I see this type of behavior out in public, such as a parent, you know, who's publicly humiliating their child with physical and verbal or emotional abuse, it makes me cringe, for one. And one could say that I'm immediately triggered and I want to lash out at the so-called parent. But I do look into the child's eyes we have a momentary mental connection that says, I'm sorry that your parent has no fucking clue as to the damage that they're doing to your soul and to the future relationships you will encounter and that you, child, are loved. I then try to, as best as I can, to speak with the parent, you know, as to their behavior that usually never ends well, of course. <laughs> but I will not stand by and watch anyone hurt or humiliate a child on my watch. Not ever. Especially if it's a mother and her young son. Because we wonder why young men grow up, you know, disrespecting and abusing women. It all starts in the home and in our childhoods. Maybe serious therapy would be an option to get to the root of this behavior, and relearn new and healthy ways of relating to the world. Another aspect would be sexual aggression. It is believed that men who have been influenced by the toxic masculinity narrative, they're more likely to feel that they're entitled to a woman's body Sexual comments, innuendos, harassments towards women, and a higher likelihood of believing in the rape scenarios. This type of person may in fact be suffering from numerous mental disorders, low self-esteem, narcissism, egoism, list goes on. Maybe even the possibility that they were in fact sexually abused at some point in their lives when they were not able to protect themselves from such events and now 
they may have become the aggressor to those they may have the power over. But again, I ask, what qualifies this to be looked at and labeled as toxic masculinity? It's a broken mind. That's all it is. It's a broken mind. Another one is homophobia. It's another label that has been cast upon our male counterparts. This concept teaches men that homosexuality is a deviation from traditional masculinity and that gay men are less than masculine. Although many religious doctrines and political constructs consider homosexuality to be a sin or a crime, it will always be a source of division among those who demand men to succumb to the current narratives and agendas of a group of people who wish to control the masses through fear and propaganda and intimidation. Although I am and have always been a heterosexual female, I have never understood what business it is of anyone's to condemn someone for their preferences. I mean, as long as it's with another human being, of course. Those people who would engage in such activities with animals need serious therapy, in my opinion. But they're out there. Another claim for the narrative would be a need for control. This is just another one of the mindfuckery phases and phrases that is thrown into the mix. Asserting power and dominance, most often found in domestic relationships, it is believed these men should always have the ultimate control in their relationships as in the need to know where their partner is at all times, who they're associating with, how they dress, what they spend their money on, where and how they live, and so on. Again, this type of person may have found themselves, at one time or another, in a situation where they were not able to participate or relate with someone who had the power over them. And now that they are older and they're the one who has the authority and power. They abuse it. They use it as a weapon to gain control of the people in their environment. We are all the result of our environments, of course, and have learned from toxic assimilations and the poor social skills of those in our lives. We can only begin by acknowledging ourselves on a soul level first before we can change our behaviors and ultimately our relationships. By the way, some very masculine women also share this relationship trait as well. So tell me again how it is only a man's issue. And what about promiscuity? In today's culture, men are praised mostly by other men for having multiple sexual partners while expressing disdain for women who have the same behaviors. This attitude could also be looked upon, you know, that it's perfectly okay to be an older man, sleeping with or dating or marrying younger women, but not acceptable 
for older women having the same encounters with younger men. That one's always kind of pissed me off. But anyway, I would ask, whose business is it? Who's sleeping with, dating, or marrying whom? Why do we care? If consenting of age adults want to engage in such affairs of the mind, the body, and sometimes the heart, that's their business. But the double standard here is that women are judged as if we are less than when it takes two to be in participation of such deeds, right? So as I see it, both people have chosen to hook up for whatever their reasons are and both could be referred to as promiscuous if there are to be such accusations, not just one or the other. So men, stop it with the judgments because you are there in that moment as well. You both could be guilty of toxic behavior in that moment. But still, I believe that this behavior of men should not carry the label of toxic masculinity as it's a societal construct in this given moment in time we are all guilty on some level and another one would be taking risks and suppressing fear these men are more likely to abuse drugs drive dangerously gamble engage in the promiscuity and violent behaviors but I don't believe this is a concrete attribute that just because one involves themselves in these behaviors that it should be labeled as a toxic masculinity as plenty of women live their lives in this manner as well. These activities, in my opinion, are self-destructive no matter the gender and should be acknowledged and addressed with a therapist to find some resolve and new ways to live in a much healthier life from a balanced perspective as this could immensely change our world if we all took responsibility for our own actions. Another one would be stoicism. According to this toxic masculine narrative, showing emotion is weak and an aspect of the feminine energy. It is believed by many that men are expected to be mentally and physically strong. Which there's nothing wrong with that. What feminine doesn't love the alpha male who is physically strong and yet has a softer, more sensitive and sensual side? Isn't he the man that's in every romance novel ever written? This should in no way label men as toxic if they resonate with being a man who is in touch with his feminine energy and chooses to live his life embracing this side of himself. I personally respect a man who is living his life coming from a place of compassion, vulnerableness, as many are just trying to live their life through a full spectrum of emotions, behaviors, and convictions. And we women need to stop trying to be the man in our relationships. Allow him to come to you in all of his glory, his virtues, his ambitions, his compassions, and yes, even his weaknesses. Be his partner, not his competition. 
if more women understood this about their man and actually encouraged him to be all these things, we might not have so many divorces. Just my opinion, of course. My heart actually breaks for the men of today. As I feel for the most part, they are very misunderstood, beaten down out in the world every day. And then they come home to their person just to get beat up again and then cast aside. No wonder the suicide rates amongst men is so much higher than for women. Statistics and studies show that men are less likely to pursue mental health services like therapy, despite being 1.8 times more likely than women to commit suicide. Could this concept of toxic masculinity agenda play a major role in this statistic? One has to wonder. We must allow men and boys, for that matter, to feel the feelings, express them in a manner that is healthy and productive for them, and all concerned without trying to emasculate them by forcing them to stuff those emotions because society has put arbitrary labels on what it deems as what a masculine man should be. I say, love your divine counterpart the way you want to be loved. It's a great place to start, don't you think? Or maybe we need to start with loving ourselves enough first before being with the masculine or the feminine. Maybe it is through condemnations of our masculines, feelings and expressions of such that we as a society have created the so-called toxic masculine inference, but not the actual recognition that we are all guilty of creating a toxic society, masculine as well as feminine instead. Just something to consider, yes? When it comes to raising our children, don't raise them to hate their own aggression. Teach them to own it, accept it, and master it. Teach them that it's okay to have all their feelings and to understand the implications of their actions may have long-lasting effects on their lives and others around them. We must, in fact, teach our young that to respect others is a good thing But we must start with respecting ourselves first and demanding respect from those we allow to remain in our lives. I have raised my son to be a strong, compassionate, and loving alpha young man by teaching him not only right from wrong, but how to conduct his life with pride, understanding, compassion, and the knowledge that We are here in this moment to contribute to society from a place of love and civility for ourselves and our co-inhabitants of this world, but never at the expense of another person's well-being and, first and foremost, our own. I am so damn proud of my beautiful creation. And I now understand that although he came into being through my womb and I have passed along the tools to him to have a beautiful and successful life, it is ultimately up to him to continue his journey 
share his knowledge, his love and compassion with his own children. That's how it all works, right? So they tell me. You see, right now the problem we are facing is that we are living in a world of immense external distractions for the human mind and body, causing many of us to delay our inner work and the productiveness of the real internal retrospections. An overwhelming majority of people will not change their bad habits or negative thoughts and behaviors until they have reached a point of complete brokenness internally and psychologically. When we can finally dissolve the ego to a point where we are living for the highest good, only then can we begin to evolve into the next level of our ascensions. One might conclude that the powers that be understand this concept all too well, that our desires for sensory overindulgence will cause us to always be chasing that momentary high, that only by seeking our inner peace of mind, body, and spirit can truly attain on a level that is greater than we could ever reach with such temporary gratifications. Go deep within and find the love of self that is beyond ego and external projections. Come to terms with the knowledge that if we don't begin to define ourselves, rule our own lives, someone else will. And history has shown us that that's never about the greater good. Identity politics has stripped away and attempted to replace masculinity with some warped perception of it. You all understand what I'm referring to, I'm sure. The sane people of this world, we are aware, and we're not having any of it. Healing our energies and our lives requires being prepared to have those hard conversations about our feelings our needs, our desires, and the space to deal with these things that one might feel are abrasive and inconvenient without the interference of the ego. If we can't talk in truth, then I don't want you in my presence, my mind, or my life. This is where I find myself at this moment in time. And that goes for people I may meet on the street, family, friends, and potential lovers. If I have to suppress my knowledge, my feelings, my dreams, my desires, my truth, then I'm not interested in the fakery of it all. I'm good. No, actually, I'm better than good. I'm fucking great with that. Life is way too short to surround ourselves with deceptive and suppressive energies or the energy vampires who seek to satisfy their need to feed off of those who they deem weak and less than. So speak your truth, live your truth, and if that means letting go, then do it. You're not doing yourself or anyone else justice by accepting less than what you know you deserve, right? Sometimes in life we get stuck. We start overthinking or that we know everything there is to know about a situation. Perhaps there's someone you've been avoiding for some reason. That's simply cowardice, in my opinion. Or maybe you're refusing to look at something from another perspective, 
whatever the case might be, you know that it's time for an adjustment in your perceptions about the situation. So open your mind, let go of preconceived notions or ideas that might be blocking your progress to resolve a situation. Now is the time to explore new things, meet new people, and learn as much as you can. It's the only way to keep growing and evolving as a person. Which brings me to a great book that I have been reading lately. Not because I purposely set out to read it, but because it keeps making its presence known to me almost daily for a little while now. And when that kind of synchronicity happens, I pay attention. It's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. It's a book that I believe many people should read as it explains much about why we humans suffer in our lives and how being present in this moment is all we really have and how living in the now helps us to avoid many of the pitfalls you know, that life can throw our way when we're not present in our lives. We don't live in the past, but we do tend to spend a lot of time there. We don't live in the future yet. So all we really have is now, this moment. For many people, this very moment is their last now moment. And they are wasting it on the what-ifs. Thinking they have all the time in the world to procrastinate. They don't. There's one particular section where he talks about the dangers of the mind in relationships. He states that when the mind is running your life, conflict, strife, and problems are inevitable. Being in touch with your inner body creates a clear space of no mind within which the relationship can flower. He also believes that compulsive thinking has become a collective disease. I have to agree with him on that one as well. So the message is don't let your mind run your life. If you do, it will be consumed with inner conflict and problems, which will worsen your relationships. Instead, create inner space and stillness to allow your relationship to flourish. I highly recommend this book. It's been fascinating. And I would agree that at some point, the masculine must stop living in the past, get out of his head and out of his own way, as the past doesn't serve him any longer. In fact, it may be the very thing that is preventing him from realizing the future that is waiting just outside the door. Whatever that means to you, masculine, only you can decide your fate by what you're manifesting in this life. So don't be afraid to go out and get it. It's time for you to stand in your truth and, and in your power. Take back your rightful place in this world. Bottom line is, stop wallowing in self-doubt, self-pity, or possibly victimhood by letting the narratives cause you to absorb all the shit that's being thrown at the, the uh, collective right now. There are divine feminines out there on the front lines looking for you and taking the arrows in your absence. So it's time to stop it. I know that sounds harsh, but the time for coddling is over. We divine feminines need our alphas to step up now. Consider today to be the first day 
of the rest of your life, my beautiful divine masculines, as well as you too, my divine feminines. Make those changes that you've been putting off. Consider today, day one of your new life. Your new birthday, if you will. So let me be the first to say happy birthday. Go out and get yourself something you've always wanted. I bought me a white hat this past weekend. (laughs) Maybe you'd look good in a white hat too. I'm sure those of my friends who are listening, who know me well, know the significance of my white hat. And they're laughing with me and saying, she finally found her white hat. Yes, I did. And I'm keeping it. You see, those who really know me and understand, they know that I have never been one to go along to get along. Yes, it's the rebel heart in me that has been my strongest attribute when it comes to surviving in this world. Meaning I have honed my skills on being able to think rationally, critically, and walk this earth with the knowledge that My intuition, my connectedness to my authentic spirit has allowed me to see beyond the veil, if you will, to understand the mind of man, to even think like a man when necessary. So I have been told on numerous occasions that I think like a man, but I still resonate immensely with the essence of my divine feminine. I love and embrace my divine masculine energies as I possess the ability to decipher whether or not something is right for my existence and then act accordingly. Not always an easy fate, of course, but it's the only way I know how to integrate within this world. It's always been my belief that we need the alpha masculine males in this world now more than ever. We need them to understand that there are still so many of us out here that hear you. We see you. We still need you. More so now than any time in history. You divine masculines are the protectors of Mother Earth and the divine feminine. The divine feminine is here waiting to help you release yourself from stuck energy. All you need to do is let her. And with all that said, it is not only the masculine man that some psychopaths are trying to eradicate from this planet, but the divine feminine as well. And she is the creator of humanity. And on a future episode, we'll dive deep into her planned demise and how both of these narratives are leading humanity to a world of no human existence, but a brain-dead, cyborg, enslavement of transhumanist society. I know that's pretty deep for some of you to wrap your brain around at this moment, but I assure you, it is the plan. So start doing your research. Find your place in this world as to how you can begin to do your part in this ascension to our next level of humanity. Don't just take my word for it, or any one person's word for it, for that matter. That little feeling inside you that says, something just isn't right with the world anymore. It's your soul's little wake-up call to begin the journey of waking up to the realities 
of what's been happening to humanity for a very long time. We are living in a time where our denials of truth, our blind acceptance of lies, our acquiescence to our own demise will be the end of civilization as we've come to understand it. And there will be a time when it will, we will all have to pick a side. Do we come together and save future humanities and our home planet? Or do we just continue to blindly, and some might say selfishly, go along to get along and find ourselves in the pages of history as the last humans in existence who did nothing to stand up for our survival and continuation of our species' existence. We are, in fact, living in a time of great upheaval and chaos. It has caused many who could not see reality before to awaken from this nightmare in an abrupt, rude awakening. Some have referred to it as a critical mass awakening. But whatever the current label is, it is happening. My concern here is, is it too late? So my Dark Side crew, a.k.a. my beautiful community, my soul family, before I get to the quote of the day, let me say that it's getting close to my departure date from my retreat, but I do have at least one or two more episodes for you that will be posted soon before I head out for a couple of weeks. I will be gone mid-May until at least the beginning of June. I have decided to take my laptop in case I am inspired to post something of interest. It would be brief, of course, but interesting to say the least. If I even post it all, but better to be prepared, right? Again, this has been a very interesting few months of my life and I'll basically be reconciling with the experience that I believe has led me to this very moment of self-discovery and then leaving it in the past. As I've said, we can't live there. So I may forge ahead with my newfound spiritual freedoms and a renewed sense of self and love of life on a level that was needed for so long. I will continue to keep my vibes high so that whatever is intended to be for me will not pass me by because of any mental blockages or because I wasn't ready for them. Many of you have reached out to me with questions and comments and suggestions and many of them have been deeply considered. So when I return, I will be changing a few things and or adding some new things, some new concepts to the forum. Some of you were worried that this was a goodbye. And I thought about that for a moment. That's true. But I've come to the conclusion that as long as you need me and I need you, I will continue to show up for you. As this experience has brought me a major clarity in my own life and much more peace than I could have imagined, even if some of the topics are truly unimaginable and frightening to think about, I am excited to see where this goes. I love you all. 
You have been my form of release and my love over these past two years. I am forever humbled and grateful for the love and the loyalty. Just know that. I will miss you. But it's for the greater purpose as you you all know, yes? Your divine feminine will always return to you. Now the quote of the day. I think this one is perfect for the topic. You can hardly say of your soul what sex it is, but if you pay close attention, you will see that the most masculine man has a feminine soul, and the most feminine woman has a masculine soul. Carl Gustav Jung. I completely resonated with this one. So I will skip all of the usual exit stuff that I usually do because I realize we're already at 45 minutes. But uh, till the next time, walk in the light on the dark side right here where your vibe attracts your tribe.